Do you ever feel like manifestation is just another thing on your to-do list that you don't have time for? Like your spiritual practice is something that you have to do? Honestly, you're not alone because I felt that way too. Something that's really changed my relationship with manifestation is blending it into my lifestyle so that no matter what I'm doing, I'm also manifesting. I call this manifestation as a lifestyle and it single-handedly made the entire manifestation journey more enjoyable for me and I've seen my desires show up with a lot more ease. Manifesting as a lifestyle has made manifestation go from feeling like a task to something I just naturally do because it's who I am. If you'd like to learn more about this, I've created a step-by-step guide for you. I'll link it in my show notes so you can check it out. You're listening to the Affirmation Addict Podcast with Pyle Corley. This podcast will teach you about the power of affirmations while making manifestation easy and accessible for you in order to enhance your spiritual consciousness. Thank you so much for being here. And now it's time to get started. Hi, love. I wanted to tell you a little bit about my app, Affirm It. It's an app I've created to help you practice affirmations, manifestation, and spirituality. It has thousands of daily affirmations that you can affirm and swipe through, including exclusively curated collections for just what you're going through, from anxiety to confidence, to career growth to love, and so much more. You're going to have unlimited access to our library of meditations, visualizations, and our signature guided affirmations when you join. Affirm It is a place you can come to to work on your self-improvement through our guides, practices, and journaling. One of my favorite features the app has is our affirmation notifications, which can help you easily affirm anytime, anywhere. I like to call them the good kind of notifications. Start your free seven-day trial by heading to the show notes and clicking the link or go to your phone's app store and search for Affirm It. After our free trial, the subscription is just $4.49 a month or $44 for the entire year. We can't wait to see you in the app. Hi there. Welcome back to the Affirmation Addict Podcast. My name is Pyle, and today we're talking all about our inner child. So I feel like I want to give you some more information about signs that your inner child needs your attention, needs your love, and needs your healing, because I think we all have heard about inner child work by this point, but sometimes it's unclear if it's for you, what it even means, and how it can even help you. So I want to break it down for you if you're not sure what inner child work looks like, what it means for you, and why you might need it. So for me, I am a big fan of inner child work just because of what I know about the brain. So to give you some context of why it's so exciting to me personally is our subconscious minds and a quick backstory. Our subconscious minds are what is the kind of driving factor behind creating our reality. So our subconscious minds are heavily developed from ages zero to seven. And at those ages, we are sponges to the world around us. We are picking up what our parents or our caretakers are talking about. We're picking up what we listen to, and we are absorbing all of that. And that is kind of our human lens of this is truth. This is the way the world works. So from ages zero to seven, that is our childhood. Our subconscious minds are in major development mode. And after seven, it starts to become more and more difficult to kind of permeate your subconscious mind. So our realities, the reason they're based from our subconscious mind is because that's the part of your brain that hosts your beliefs, your automatic reactions, your gut reactions. It hosts your value systems, your perceptions. That's the part of your brain where those things live. And from what you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, all of those things, it also includes your identity, which is a big one. All of those things are 
what determine our reality. And so subconscious mind from zero to seven, that is our childhood. And when it comes that to it, we are essentially living from a childhood version of ourself is a very simplistic way to put it. But the reason I feel like inner child work plays in really well to this is because our inner child, those beliefs, those values, a lot of them are probably rooted in your subconscious mind. So I feel like it pairs really well when you're either looking to change your beliefs, reprogram your mindset, and also kind of manifest something specific, I feel like working with your inner child is a really beautiful way to go deeper and have a more holistic approach rather than just a results-oriented approach. I feel like you can really address the root of maybe what's holding you back because consciously, a lot of us are at the point where we're like, okay, I know my thoughts create my reality. I know affirmations work, but something still isn't working. That missing piece that something still isn't working oftentimes traces back to our subconscious mind. And I think a beautiful way to access and kind of understand your subconscious mind and the state of your subconscious mind is through inner child work. Now, a precursor is inner child work can be very emotional. Um, When we see children, when we see kids, when we see our baby pictures, even if you have any, it can be a very emotional time. And I, my, there's no science or any reason specifically that I'm aware of as to why emotions really get heightened when we think about our childhood. But I think it's because it's, we're so young and we're so, um, pure in a way, but not, I'm not trying to say like we're pure because we're kids, but we're just so raw. I think as children that everything feels so vulnerable. And I think our inner child and our childhood selves feel very innocent and very vulnerable, which I think can make us really emotional because once you kind of grow up and become an adult, you learn how to, you learn that quote unquote, how the world works. You learn the real world and you learn how to manage the things that used to make you cry when you were little. Like when we're young, everybody cries all the time. It's so normal. And as adults in our current society, it's not normalized to cry as a way of processing emotions. It's normally seen as a sign of weakness or we feel bad for someone if they're crying. As you guys know, if you've been following me, I'm a big advocate of crying. I cry very easily and it's honestly so healing for me. But that is one of the things that I do to nurture my inner child because it feels so healing and it's a way for me to process that used to work very well for my inner child as well. So all of that to say, I really think there's so much power in working with our inner child, whatever you are on your journey, because I think our inner child and our inner children have so many deep thoughts, have so many deep lessons that we can learn from whatever you are trying to do with your journey, I think it can only help. Um, And it's a different way of understanding yourself is my opinion. Um, And so I want to share with you some signs that your inner child might benefit or you might benefit from giving your inner child some attention and vice versa. It is a symbiotic relationship. So it's a two-way street. And so I'm going to share with you four different signs that your inner child might be needing your attention, might be needing your love, and I'll share with you kind of some tricks that I use to work with my inner child. So number one, if you in your relationships are the one that everybody goes to for advice, that you are kind of that glue in your relationships and 
that is a beautiful place to be. But also you tend to kind of overgive in your relationships and you tend to go completely out of your way in your relationships and you might not receive that back. That to me, um, and I'm honestly speaking from experience, that to me is a sign that your inner child could use some love. Um, Personally, how I interpreted that for my own self was I really, really, it was so important for me to show people I love that I love them. It was so important for me to show them that they are loved by me because I think even though logically this doesn't seem like it because I had honestly a very blessed childhood. I feel like a lot of my childhood was trying to prove that I am worthy enough and that I am loved enough. Even though I got that from my parents, um, it might not have been in the way that I needed it as a child. And so I learned that I overgive in my relationships by overexerting. And I honestly overgave so much that I would feel so drained in my relationships. So that is sign number one. And inner child work really helped me navigate my relationships, especially with my family, especially with my friends. Um, It really helped me learn how to set good, healthy boundaries without over kind of exerting myself and feeling not so good after and feeling like I'm trying to seek everybody else's validation in short. Number two is it is difficult for you to process emotions. So it might be difficult for you to process an emotion in a very non-personal way. So a better way to say this is, for me, if someone gave me any feedback or if someone didn't kind of treat me the way I thought they would, I would be very sensitive and it would be really hard for me to actually process that it has nothing to do with me and it's completely with them. Um, Another way that it might be difficult to process emotions is everything feels like a very big deal. And I'm not trying to insult you because this is 100% how I am too and how I was, especially where everything just felt like it was such a big deal. And like I felt like I wasn't equipped to be able to handle things, even though objectively they weren't a big deal. And I consciously knew that my emotional self and my subconscious self still felt like I couldn't handle it. Um, And so that's a really good sign that your inner child needs a little bit of reassurance that you are safe and you're going to be okay. Um, That's kind of what the disconnect is, is it's almost like a cry for safety and it's a cry for feeling better and feeling like we're okay in this world and feel like it's safe for us to take up space. Number three, which is kind of similar to what I said, um, but a little bit more direct, and I needed to hear this a lot growing up. And even now, I I literally just the other day, I noticed I reacted to something someone said about me or what I perceived they thought about me, um, and it really impacted me. So I still have to work on this. But a sign that your inner child could use, use your attention is that you're a little sensitive to what other people think about you. So this can manifest itself in so many different ways. It might be in romantic relationships. You might doubt that you're beautiful enough or that you're worthy enough for your significant other's love. This might be in friendships that you think your friends might abandon you. This might be with your family where you feel like you're not making your parents or your siblings proud enough. It could be in the workplace or in your career where you feel like you have to achieve certain goals um, and that's what defines your worth. So there's many, many ways this one can manifest. And the best way I could verbalize it is you are sensitive to how other people perceive you. And the reason this is so big is because 
if you look at what's motivating you, what's motivating certain decisions of yours, um, even I've noticed this where so many of them are no, are motivated by other people, even if it's not a specific person. It's just like the concept of people outside of myself. It's the concept of everybody else but me. So even thinking about it from like a fashion perspective, if you're someone who loves following trends, um, is it because it is, it feels good to you? Is it because you like the idea of being trendy? If so, why do you like being trendy? So just, it's a very different way of perceiving things. And I personally noticed for a long time, I loved following fashion trends all the time. And I still do, like I still follow the masses. It's not like I have my beautifully unique style. I'm not some sort of fashionista in that sense. However, when I thought about it is a lot of these trends I was following because I was like, oh, this is what everyone else is doing. And as humans, we do that in a way to fit in with society, receive validation or just avoid rejection. It could be either. Even if you're not seeking validation, maybe you are just avoiding rejection, which is something I've done a lot. I have really controversial opinions in certain topics. um, And I still, to this day, I haven't figured out the best way to share them because I'm scared of the rejection I might receive. I'm scared of ruffling other people's feathers. I'm scared of making people uncomfortable because I feel bad because I want to be nice and I want to be kind but I also want to share my voice and I don't know how to do that because certain people get offended at things. So it's all of these things, even though they might seem unrelated, are still rooted in you're sensitive to what other people think about you. And personally, this is my biggest area that I still need to improve on and I am still working on my inner child work with this kind of lens because it's so driven My inner child is so driven by kind of keeping the peace, maintaining the peace. And another way of saying this is people pleasing. Um, That's my inner child's kind of main motivation. And so I think a lot of us have that, but we might not even realize it because it's very normal to have like a tough exterior. Like we don't care what people think, but what are those subtle things that we might be doing unconsciously to either people please or avoid rejection? So there's kind of two lenses to that. And lastly, um, this is, I think is a very big one is that your sense of self is kind of weak or you're really self-critical to yourself or you're very harsh on yourself. I think we all deal with this. We're all of us, I think are our own biggest critics. And if this is something that you're working on, I think inner child work can really help you. Um, because you're able to, when you do inner child work, you kind of look at your younger self with such appreciation. And then you tap into that younger self who might've felt not as good, who might've been craving that love. And it becomes a really beautiful conversation between your current self and your younger self. And it starts to shift your perception of yourself, which has really helped me. I would say one of the biggest things that helped me create more confidence in myself and create more appreciation for myself is looking back at my younger self and who she wanted to be and what she wanted to do and where I am now. And if I were to tell my younger self what I am like now, would I even believe her? And I would absolutely not believe it, you know? And so it's a really healthy way to improve your own relationship with yourself through inner child work. Um, 
And it's really helped me personally on my journey because I get very emotional thinking of my inner child and of my younger self, because even though I had a beautiful childhood, there is so much more than just our physical childhood. There, it kind of our inner child goes into our past lives. We're remembering things from different past lives, from different generations, from different karmic accounts. There's so much more depth to it. So it's not literally only, oh, this is my childhood from zero to seven. This is how my parents raised me. But there's a lot more energetic work that comes in and there's a lot more deeper things that we might not even be aware of, but we were as children actually aware of that. There are some really fascinating things with children where we are so new to this current world that we still remember our world and who we were in a different lifetime or at a different level. And obviously, depending on what you believe about souls and all of that stuff, this can vary. Um, But it's just something I read a lot about from a spiritual perspective. And it really opened my eyes as to why inner child work can be so profound. Because not only are you tapping into a younger version of yourself, but you're also tapping into past versions of yourself, maybe in different lives or on different planets. And we could go on down a whole rabbit hole with this, but there's so much more to inner child work than just yourself from age zero to seven in this lifetime. Um, there's a lot more depth to it and more complexity. So whenever I've done inner child work, it really begins to open up my perspective and open up my mind and how I carry myself in a different way. So a quick wrap up four signs um, that might kind of signal that you can give your inner child some love and some attention is that you tend to overgive um, in your relationships. It's more difficult for you to process emotions. You're really mindful and aware of what other people think about you, and you're a little harsh on yourself. You're a little overcritical. So those are four signs that your inner child might be a really good way to help you work through those things. And as always, I have tools in my app to help you. I have a meditation. um, I have journaling. I have affirmations. I have all of the things in my app for you. So if you want to check those out, the link is in the show notes to try out my app if you're not a subscriber yet. And if you are curious about inner child work and you don't necessarily want to dive in, there are so many people who specialize in inner child work that you can learn from, that you can just start to get an understanding and see if it's for you. For me, the stuff I provide is what's worked for me. So visualization, writing letters to my inner child, affirming for my inner child. Those have been the tools that worked for me, but I'm sure there are so many other versions and ways to work with your inner child. So give yourself the opportunity to explore and find what resonates with you. And I hope my intention is that you and your inner child feel so, so loved and so, so complete. And I hope you can continue to nurture that relationship. So thank you for being here and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Whether you're new to my community or you've been here for a while, I think it's really obvious that affirmations are very important to me. The reason they're so important to me is because affirmations have truly helped me manifest my dream job, my dream home, my dream business, my soulmate, and everything in between. And I truly feel like it's my duty to share that forward with you. I've created a totally free masterclass called Affirmations 101, where I teach you how to create your own affirmation practice using the same techniques I use to manifest everything I just talked about. It's absolutely free. So head to the show notes below and just click the link for Affirmations 101 and you can get started right away. I hope you enjoy and I hope this helps you on your journey.
Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the world to me if you can rate, interview the podcast and share it on your social media. So I know to keep creating episodes that are inspiring you to manifest. I'm so genuinely grateful for the time we shared today. And I'd love for you to join the community by following at Affirmation Addict on Instagram. To continue diving into spirituality and manifestation, head over to my website, affirmation-addict.com. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and so much healing energy. 